You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by Amelia English. Based in Minneapolis, Amelia works in designing theme park entertainment, as well as coaching weightlifting and CrossFit style classes. Amelia grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota and loved dancing and reading, and was also a child model and actress who starred as Kirsten in the AJCD-ROM game, the American Girls premiere. We couldn't be more thrilled and honored to have her with us today and hear all about her experiences working on the iconic 90s computer game. Amelia, welcome to AGW. Lindsay and Laura, I'm so excited to be here and talk all things AG with you too. We are so excited to have you, Amelia, especially because this episode is something that Lindsay and I have been plotting and planning to cover for quite a while. So the fact that your story happened to, you know, cross paths with us was so fortuitous. (laughs) Yeah, it's it happened kind of a long time ago, so I don't get to talk about it very much. So I'm excited to spend a little (laughs) evening chatting with you about everything. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. American Girls premiere was like such a highlight of my American Girl experience. Mm -hmm. And we had planned to do an episode for quite some time. And when we had put a call to action on our Instagram stories a few months ago to have people call in to share their experiences with the game, never did we think that we would get someone actively involved in such an interesting way joining no, us. No, that was such a pleasant surprise because we were we were thinking like, oh, we'll hear some like funny stories about the game and you know, like I said, your response exceeded our, <laughs> our hopes and dreams. <laughs> Hilariously, oh I found out about your podcast because my friend Sabrina called in and was on as one of the call-ins for a different episode. And she had written into the AG magazine as a kid and was in it before I got to do anything involved with AG. So she's always a step ahead of me in the American girl land, um, but I'm glad I'm catching up with her again. <laughs> Oh my God. I, love I think, that. I think you're winning now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And for those unfamiliar with the American girls premier computer game, um, just a little background on it. It allowed users to create these theatrical productions that starred the historic AG characters and you could create and direct stage play by choosing your historic character, which when it launched, it just had the original five. And then later, the later edition added in Josefina, but you could have them star in scenes and you could record everything. And it was fully customizable from adding in friends and family and furniture and backgrounds and wardrobe changes and uh, changing the character's movements, adding sound effects and dialogue. Like absolutely everything was customizable to however you wanted to play with it. And I think it's also worth noting that I think one of like the best features is that you could record the dialogue and the speech and they had an option for a microphone, which you could record your own voice on. But I feel like at least my experience, like few computers in like the nineties had like a microphone, right? Like 
Right. Everyone got that horrible, horrible voice that was just a computer <laughs> robot <laughs> right. trying to read, but stumbling over all of the spelling of your words. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. It had this text to speech feature with these like robotic voice options. And I think there were like maybe like three options to choose from. Like it was very limited and you could kind mm-hmm. of adjust the tone on them, but <laughs> it wasn't like the text to speech robotic AI voices that you hear today. Like this was oh my God. No, primitive it technology. No. Right. I'm thinking like the things that the that the TikTok lady could do with today's technology <laughs> in the American Girl premiere game. I yeah. feel like in a way we're all just playing the American Girl premiere game every time we use that <laughs> voice on TikTok. Right? I do think the gameplay is really interesting if they were developing a doll video game to not have it be like you walk Kirsten through her story or you do this with Molly, but like how do people play with their dolls? They do all sorts of different stuff. So we'll just open this game so that kids could do whatever <laughs> they want to do with the characters. Right. Yes. And they did. As <laughs> we'll talk about on this episode, and we'll actually hear from um, some of our listeners at the end of this episode with some listener voicemails, people let their imaginations run wild. And yeah, this this game was pure chaos in the best way. Like give a bunch of like tweens the option to add in text, add in movements. It is Ah, it, it's a delight. I had so much fun with this game. But Amelia, was that like an okay rundown of what the American Girls premiere game was? Yeah, I think so. Do you have anything else to add to that? I, no, aside I feel like from that's your experience. The basic understanding. I do remember like being annoyed that you couldn't cross the different characters. So you were in Samantha's land and you yes. couldn't ever have Samantha and Molly hang out together, which I thought was an interesting choice for them to make. Right. That's a good point. Like that would have opened up like a whole different scenario, like to Mm -hmm. have those characters inside of each other's worlds. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that would have been so awesome in a way it, and granted now I've only watched the gameplay on YouTube. I have not actually played with my own two hands, but I feel like in a way it's sort of like the Sims for American Girl. (laughs) And now with today's technology, I feel like they actually could make a literal American Girl like Sims style game where you could be cross pollinating the characters and like creating (laughs) even more customizable scenes and settings with them and having them do like much more sophisticated dialogue or movement or whatever Mm -hmm. I think that this is an opportunity that needs to be (laughs) reopened for them (laughs) oh my god that would be so so fun but Amelia let's get into your story and your involvement with the American Girls premiere game but maybe we can take a few steps back before we do and can you tell us a little bit more about how you first got into child modeling and what your experience was like Sure. I was kind of a shy kid, which is an interesting thing to get into modeling with. But I, my parents put me in ballet first to try to get me to interact with other people. Um, And then that led to other like dance stuff, which led eventually to theater class. And then I always liked grownups more than other kids. So I actually really liked doing the theater that was with grownups or the modeling that just meant like I got to not go to school and go be (laughs) in a Best Buy commercial shoot or whatever. So that... (laughs) I'm also very small. I'm 5'2", and I'm 39 right now, but I 
people from the distance always ID me at bars and stuff. So as a child, that made me a really useful model because I could work longer hours. I looked like a six-year-old when I was eight. And so I was 13 (laughs) when I did the American Girl game, but I was small enough to be a believable 10-year-old when they did it. Oh, interesting. (laughs) What were some of the jobs that you had before the game came along? Um, I did a bunch of like local commercial stuff um, for Schwann's, which is a grocery store. Um, And I was in, yeah, some ID like print ads and Best Buy was one of the ones that I did a couple recurring stuffs for. Yeah. Uh, Best Buy and Target are located like headquartered in Minneapolis. So I did work for both of them for a while. Oh, interesting. So fun. Oh my gosh. As we've talked about in the past on the podcast, being a child model is something I think Lindsay and I very much glamorized and <laughs> romanticized as kids. But did you did you genuinely, you know, like have fun and do you feel like other kids were like kind of jealous of you? Um, <laughs> yes and no. <laughs> I genuinely had fun. Um, but I didn't like my school friends didn't really understand it or care about it. Um, and most of the modeling that I did would be like for a yogurt commercial where I was playing a little tiny kid um, yeah. in a way that's not nearly as glamorous as if I was like doing high fashion or whatever. Um, so <laughs> so less jealousy, but it was still really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. That's oh, so that's cool. Awesome. And how old were you when you sort of transitioned out of it? I actually, I went to college for acting uh, and oh. then- I started working at a theme park doing theme park entertainment shows and I'm still there. So I work in entertainment at theme parks, which is not exactly acting, but it's still like performing with kids stuff. Uh, So it's been my whole career. That is so cool. So it like the seed was planted when you were young and it's sort of like transitioned and developed Mm -hmm. through different phases of life. That's awesome. And now how did you learn about the American Girls premiere audition? How did that come up? I'm pretty sure my agent sent me on it. So I had two agents as a kid um, who would send me on different types of work. Uh, and so this would be the, not the still photography, but the active agent. Um, and it wasn't described what it was. It was a CD-ROM educational product, but I was an HE girly as a little kid. So I got there and immediately was like, <gasps> what oh my is God. happening? Um, a dream. Yeah. And then you had to, <laughs> you couldn't talk about it for, to anyone. Um, and in the audition, I was just like exploding inside being like, I have to do this. I have to get this role. Which wow. was so exciting when I actually got cast. Yeah. <laughs> manifesting. What was the audition like? Uh, so it was 1996, which means that uh, we didn't have green screens at the time. We had blue screens because they weren't even like the tech was so old fashioned. <laughs> um, so there was like a blue screen with a treadmill that they'd spray painted blue and you had to like walk on it and oh. be like very clear and walking exactly the path and saying, you know, and then they spun it to the side and we're like, now repeat exactly what you did, but walk at an angle because they show the characters walking from different angles. And so you had to be able to like repeat every movement. Um, And then they had me in just like a long skirt that wasn't specifically from the show, but like, or from the characters um, and had me move around in that and then do expressive faces and then do bigger expressive faces. Because again, 90s tech, not very complicated. The the pixels are pretty huge. Um, Mm. So if you had like quality acting, your face wouldn't show up at all. So you had to like, (laughs) really have big eyes and a giant 
crying face or whatever it was um wow. it was just, you know playing play acting um, yeah. very very stage-esque I feel yeah. like in, yeah. in the style did you know that you were going out specifically for Kirsten or was it sort of like you knew you were going out for the game but you didn't know which yeah. character I knew I was going out for the game and I didn't know exactly which character like I was assuming it would be one of the main girls um, I guess I could have been one of the friends gross um, <laughs> and then because I'm blonde I thought like well I have to be Kirsten uh, but a girl I knew at the time Emily was cast as both Felicity and Samantha oh. um, and they just put two different wigs on her so she was a red-haired girl and a brunette girl because the pixelation is so bad. You like really can't even see faces at all. So it was fine mm. to just have it be the same girl do two roles. Wow. Um, so it didn't really matter what color my hair was. But yeah, then I did end up getting Kirsten, who was the doll I had as a kid. And so it was the one I was most excited about anyway. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Honestly, I didn't realize that it was real people who were on the program. It might be the pixelation there, but I always just assumed <laughs> it, was, it animation. was like animated. <laughs> no, it was me over and over. <laughs> oh but my God. <laughs> it makes sense, I guess, because the animation technology for like what a computer could probably handle at that time. Mm -hmm. I like, I feel like it didn't occur to me either until we went down this whole rabbit hole of the game. But mm -hmm. yeah, it makes so much sense that they would like need a live action like person yeah. to do all of these things because the, the animation like tech just like, I feel like wasn't quite obviously where it is today, <laughs> but like, yeah, I can see why they would kind of be able to have multiple people playing the same role. Um, although, you know, maybe they're, it's a, more of like a challenge, like Lindsay Lohan playing twins in the parent right. trap, sort of oh doing. My God, that was a movie I auditioned for, and I got two callbacks for. So my life could have been totally different. This is like exactly that phase in history. Amelia, oh my God, oh my God. yeah, that wow. Is I feel like I'm much more well adjusted and like living a content life. So I think it worked out well, but. Oh my, oh my gosh. Were you Truly. auditioning for for Hallie and Annie or was it another mm -hmm. role? Yeah. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. I don't want to I don't want to derail us, but did you audition for <laughs> Nancy Myers herself? No. No, it was okay. like, yeah, video shoot sent in and so then redo and stuff. Yeah. Oh my a little self-tape moment. Yep. That's yeah. that's still so cool that like <laughs> I brought that as an example yeah, as your random reference and I'm like that's the one that I got close to and didn't get no. oh my gosh <laughs> oh, that is so cool so it seems like they had to use like a lot of actors and actresses for mm -hmm. this whole production like when yeah. you consider like all of the friends and family members like that's a big cast it is a big cast and I think that's why it was done in the Twin Cities because Minnesota has a pretty large theater market compared to towns in Wisconsin. Um, mm -hmm. There's just a little bit more production happening here. So I think they were able to find enough cast without having to like fly people anywhere. Um, yeah. And then the company that actually produced it is based in Minnesota too. And they did Oregon Trail and a bunch of other video games. Ooh. So I think it just ended up being the right mix. That's oh my incredible. gosh. That's <laughs> a game I, I did get to play, Oregon Trail. I, I think the only reason why we had it was because like it came for free with like something my dad bought for the computer but I <laughs> loved it and in hindsight I can totally see like aesthetic similarities between mm -hmm. 
um, AG Premier and the era of Oregon Trail that I was playing, they had like a lot of the same like aesthetic style, especially mm -hmm. the Kirsten elements. So <laughs> such a natural fit for that yeah, production for company. Sure. <laughs> right. We got the 1800s covered. Amelia, what was the actual work like? Like how many movements were you uh, recording? Like times do you have to right. do the same thing over? So many times. Um, so I got to wear every outfit, which was a dream come true. Um, oh my God. And then we filmed everything in every outfit. And you would film everything facing forward, facing to the quarter, and then facing 90 degrees to the side. Uh, so that whatever, wherever the child put you, then you could do the angry, sad, <laughs> scared, fainting. Um, so then you had to do that over and over and over. So it was hours and hours and hours of work. I wow. had like five weeks where I didn't go to school, which was really fun for me. Uh, oh my God. Oh, Were these wow. the outfits... Were some of these outfits the ones that they sold in the catalog or were they created yeah. new for the game? Um, they were, when they could be, they were ones that came from the catalog and then augmented. So like it was her black and white sweater with a black skirt. Like that was just from the catalog, but again, the computer technology. So to make it actually make sense, they put like three extra petticoats underneath me, you mm. know, or would pin things in weird ways, just like models do for other stuff. Right. Um, and then also I have this natural blonde hair, but they wanted bangs, which I didn't have. And then they wanted hair that would show up in pixelation. So they, we did wardrobe tests and they put a wig on me and then it wasn't big enough to show. So then they like <laughs> wove in a bunch of weave into the hair. So I had this like giant wig on, um, which I definitely painted on set at least twice. Cause there was like stage lights. And then I'm in this wool skirt with all these petticoats oh and this like God. giant wig as a pretty frail 13 year old. So it was, it was hard work. I oh hard. my gosh. They, the fainting could have been captured for real instead of just acting <laughs> right. it for the game. Yeah. Oh my God. Like do that now at a 90 degree angle. Yes. <laughs> They're like, did anybody get this on tape? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, oh my God. gosh. That sounds that... like it was pretty exhausting for, you know, the age you were at, even if, you know, fun yeah. at times. Right. right. I mean, there are definitely child labor laws. So I wasn't working like 10 hour days or anything. I was, but it was probably the hardest I'd worked for a job of any kind up until that yeah. point. Um, mm. But then I got to wear all of the dream dresses because they made ones from scratch that they didn't sell. You know, so wow. they had a costume department and so fun. Oh my God. Oh. Do you have any like behind the scenes pictures from I this don't. time? I didn't think I did. And then I asked my mom to go dig around and there was a lot of like very strict confidentiality that I couldn't mm. even tell anyone I was working on the production until it was announced and they didn't want yeah. any cameras behind the scenes, which is so frustrating. <laughs> that makes sense. What was the mm -hmm. vibe like on set? Well, it was really quiet because of like you pick each character individually and put them in individually. So we didn't get yeah. to see anyone else who did it. So like I said, the Twin Cities theater community is vibrant, but I had done plays with a lot of the other actors in it, uh, but yeah. I never saw them on set. I never got to see them dressed up as Pa or whoever. And then it would just be me and the costume team and then the director and a video production guy um, yeah. in like a pretty small room walking on the treadmill over <laughs> and over and over. Oh my God. Did you have people like show you what movements to make for the different emotions um to some extent one of the things is that you have to be able to 
have it your emotion end and go back to wherever you were. So there is like a standard. This is how I always stand. Um, and that was set for us. So I think my hands were clasped in front of me, uh, but everyone had their like neutral pose. Uh-huh. And then you'd go do something and come back. And they gave me some artistic liberty to be be angry. Um, and then I would try it. And then they would give me direction like, oh, I want you to ball your fists more. Um, <laughs> more pixelation issues, but individual fingers did not show up in that game. So whenever I tried to act with normal hands, they would say, you need to have your fingers t- touching. So I couldn't have a thumb out. I had to do all this waving with like paddle hands. I feel oh. watching it as myself now I just look like such a bad actor but I want to go on record saying I was told to go over the top with all my movements and that I had to do all these weird poses because that's what they said would show up on the computer right you were given direction and you Mm -hmm. took that direction (laughs) I don't Um, think anyone's really judging the 13 year old version of me but it's it's clear the air I um I do notice that like within the AG premiere like different interfaces though like you do get some like kind of close-ups of Mm -hmm. your face like for the different like outfits you could choose Mm -hmm. and like so you can really tell in those that it is a person so in that way it's kind of like very much showing like you know your whole face which is kind of cool like I'm sure that like people can you know recognize like yes friends and whatever that were in this as grown-ups and then been like hey I was in this and they're like oh I played that as a child which is very funny to then because then they open it up and when they know me well like the pixelated version is definitely me which is funny (laughs) that's so cool did you play it after it launched did a little bit um so I think I was 14 by the time it came out which was definitely like older than the target market but it was yeah I mean, it was me. So it was super fun to make me walk around. Yeah. <laughs> Did they give you like a gratis copy of the game for your participation? I think so. I have one like copy in a tin at my parents' house for safekeeping, but I think they actually just bought, my parents bought it for me. So. <laughs> oh yeah, do you, did you get anything from it? Like, did you get to keep like any of the dresses? No, or the if boots? I got to keep her red boots, I would have been so excited. Oh my but... God. Those red boots are beautiful. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. The, actually... One of the favorite parts for me for filming was the very intro. When you start the game, it shows the cover of the books. Mm. Um, and it's like the iconic photo that's on the cover of Meet Felicity. Um, and then she spins and comes to life and waves, uh, which was really challenging to film because the girls are like walking across the cover of the book. So they have these little blue wedges underneath my feet so I could stand sideways with like my heel and my toe propped up. And then they tied fishing line to the skirt so they could like hold it spread out to the side to get me exactly lined up with the cover of the book so it could come to life and be me. It was like very simple magic, but really fun to balance and try to get it exactly right and then come to life from the book cover. Whoa, that's so cool. I have a very vague memory of this. (laughs) I'm going to have to find this. That is really cool, like behind the scenes knowledge too. (laughs) Yeah, I bet that we can find some like playthrough of that on YouTube or something mm-hmm. so we can take a look if we can find it we should like definitely put it on Instagram yeah <laughs> that's so cool so how long after you recorded this did it take for the game to actually launch I think it was about eight months like it was a pretty long time from my perspective 
that's a long time mm-hmm. to wait too, especially if like it's confidential and you can't share. Right. The well, game and I was anyone. in junior high. So my school friends, I mean, they didn't care about my mom like much anyway, but yeah. like <laughs> they would have definitely not thought it was cool. They probably would have been inside. I'm sure they would have been jealous, but out loud, they wouldn't have <laughs> been excited about it so it was fine to keep it a secret (laughs) from them Um, okay uh, that's fair yeah if Lindsay and I had been in your class we definitely would have been excited (laughs) because even at the time it's like yeah it's like maybe like they wouldn't admit it but it's like you that like part of yourself is not so buried yet at at that age where I feel like you're still like ooh, secretly like would be awesome to be cursed (laughs) 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 definitely oh my goodness do you have any other like strong memories from that time I still get sort of stressed out when I eat fig newtons which is a very weird specific memory but when I fainted they would take me to the like snack table and be like eat fig newtons this will give you energy (laughs) so they still are like traumatizingly reminding me of fainting as Kirsten Larson (laughs) which is an unusual memory but that's like what stands out when I think about the whole experience Yes, like a sense memory or something. Oh my gosh. I know, I know you mentioned that the other actors from like Kirsten's vignettes wouldn't be present at the same Mm -hmm. time that you were filming, but did they ever sort of like tag team filming two character two of like the main characters at different times? Like, did you ever get to cross paths with the Mollies, the Samanthas, the uh, Addies at all? No, I didn't. The costume room and the hair makeup area was shared by everyone. So they wouldn't be in there based on the scheduling, but then I would get to see Felicity's cape or whatever Mm. and just be like, oh, I mean, I'm very happy I'm Kirsten, but also that's so beautiful. And I want to be in that blue dress. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Were there any other costumes that you wish you could have worn? (laughs) Um, all of the Molly ones are so dorky in a way that I really like. So I would have liked to wear her little saddle shoes and her little sweaters. It must've been so cool to see them all together like that, Mm -hmm. like all in one place. Yeah. It was really magical. I feel like I'd be starstruck by just the costumes alone. (laughs) Oh my God. Imagine that. Like, I feel like even when like the fashion shows, which we've had a few guests on our podcast who've participated in those, like you're Mm -hmm. not getting like the full wardrobe, like you would at the American Girls premiere game wardrobe room. Yeah. Where you get Nellie's or like Marta's or whatever the Native American girl's name, I forgot, but like all of their costumes were there in a way that was really magical. Yeah. Singing bird. Singing bird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's so true. That must've been just uh, heaven. (laughs) As far as your interest in American Girl, because I know that this sort of came like when you were probably transitioning away from being as interested in American Girl Mm -hmm. as you maybe were when you were younger, but did it make you maybe want to revisit any part of your American Girl experience after participating in this? Yes, for sure. I So I was born in 83. So I got my Kirsten in 89. And then I also got Felicity a couple of years later. But then at that point, I kind of aged myself out, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like, I mean, the core five are great, but there's just so much that came after it. Um, and so when I thought I was too old, it was nice to get catalogs and be like, well, this is work research. I just have to look at all of these <laughs> different dolls and what they have for the new ones. <laughs> oh my gosh. Serious business. <laughs> I'm a professional. 
I have to ask, like, did this job maybe lead to like a gateway to Pleasant Company or American Girl, like ever like sending out like notifications about casting for other projects they were doing? Or was it sort of like one and done? It was definitely a one and done. I feel like the people that they cast for the video game were different than the type of people they might want for the catalog or magazine or for the TV shows. I am also not actually that great of an actor. I'm a fine actor as far as a kid actor, but they wanted someone who's pretty hammy. And I think I would have <laughs> read like not exactly right for a movie. Um, <laughs> so, so I found my niche role and I did it well. And then they were like, all right, that's all we need from these Minnesota people. We'll leave them. <laughs> I do think that Kirsten's story does sort of, miss out on being portrayed on the screen though because like we have like a Felicity movie a Samantha movie um a Kit movie a Molly movie and Lindsay and I recently or like in the past couple years revisited some of them but a Kirsten movie would have been amazing if they had decided to do that I know she's been shelved in every way they're just like not bringing her back for anything right I know. I know. I know. Her no. stories are so interesting too, but maybe at times a bit dark to show. Yeah. It's not a very cozy movie. It's a hard movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's a good point though, Laura. And maybe they thought that there was like already enough media about that time period. Like we have Little House on the Prairie, which definitely... I mean, the TV show version of Little House on the Prairie is very, like, 70s, even if it is the <laughs> 1800s, but I think it it could have been really cool to do a Kirsten movie, and if they ever bring her back in any type of way, as they have been with some of the other dolls, I hope that they give her, like, a little bit more attention, whether that's, like, a movie or something, because mm-hmm. she's, like, totally I feel like neglected in like the American girl long-term <laughs> plan yeah honestly they also skipped over her for the be forever collection too um Amelia we recently dove into the be forever revamped wardrobe options for the dolls but would and... you rather be available only at Costco or just left out <laughs> like I don't know what is the honestly worst Maybe it was a gift for her, a blessing in disguise that she didn't get <laughs> a new a new dress like the she other. She would be only at Walmart or something even worse. <laughs> I know. I can't even imagine the ways in which they would have like butchered her meat outfit. I mean, we saw some things that I never thought I would see in, in the V Forever collection. I'm sure they would have given her like a bright blue dress and like a hot pink bonnet or something right. like that. Oh. <laughs> oh my God, for the best. Shall we get into more of your American Girl experience, sure. Amelia? Yeah. Let's kind of talk about the earliest memories that you had with the brand. How did you first discover American Girl? Yeah. My mom's a librarian and my parents met in the library, which is very cute. Um, So they're both kind of nerdy and into history and books a lot. Um, And so my mom wasn't a kid's librarian when I was a kid, but she like had her finger on kids literature. So I feel like the second the books were out, she was like, these are really interesting. Like, this is something I want my daughter to be excited about. Um, so I, we got the catalog very early on and I got, I think we got a couple of the books and then there were the three dolls to choose from at that point. And so I am blonde and from Minnesota. So it was like, yeah, I got to get 
the blonde from Minnesota. <laughs> These are, this is the one for me. I feel like I got her pretty soon after we got the first catalog, but I'm not quite sure about the timeline because I was six-ish, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely have seen some of the catalogs from the 80s you posted on Instagram and been like, oh, I remember that. Like I can, like that cover of that girl in her Molly pajamas. I definitely yeah. went to sleep with that catalog because I just <laughs> loved everything about it. So yeah. Oh my goodness. Was yeah, it Kirsten Gurley? Seeing those early catalogs, it's so special. And also to see how like things changed, but also remained very much the same Mm -hmm. with the catalog throughout the nineties. But that's really cool that your mother was a librarian and had, you know, her finger on the pulse of literature and was like an early adopter of yeah, right? Like she knew it. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I was very lucky. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) And we, all of our family vacations would be to wherever we'd go, we'd tour a a historic house and like look at the historic kids nursery. And there was a lot in my childhood about understanding how people in different times lived. So I think that was something that she definitely wanted me to spend time thinking about. Gotcha. And you got into American Girl at a time where they were still doing the white body Mm -hmm. dolls, which today is so rare to find one. So you have a white body Kirsten, don't you? I do. I didn't even know that was a thing until I listened to your show. And I thought, (laughs) well, don't all Kirstens have white bodies? Oh no, just my very old one from the eighties. Yeah. Wow. Do you still have her? Yeah, she's at my parents' for safekeeping, for sure. I don't have her in my house, um, but they have her. And I I was obsessed, and I didn't really have any other toys that I wanted to collect. Like, I didn't have any Barbies at the time, so I did have mm-hmm. almost her whole collection as it existed around 1990. I know they've added many outfits since then, but that was, like, my wow. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's what is so the, cool. What is the current state of her hair? Oh, I was a uh, very pristine child she is well cared for it's like in a perfect loop I did like take (gasps) it out once or twice and brush it with the brush from the company and then like meticulously rebraid it and re-loop it oh my goodness (laughs) wow this that's the one story of taking out the hair that has a happy ending (laughs) but I do wonder if that girl that Kirsten has like slightly different hair because she was so good quality like, I know they were good quality throughout the 90s, but I feel like yeah. maybe she had slightly different weave or something in a way that it was more attainable to do it. But Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Quite possibly, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel like the hair, like, has gone through a few transitions. Now they make the hair, like, basically tangle proof. Like, mm. when Lindsay and I went to the store, we were, like, feeling the hair on the dolls, and it feels quite different than mm-hmm. how it did when we were growing up, it feels less real. If there's any other way to describe it, it feels much more synthetic, but um, you can see that like, it kind of is like immune to tangling, Mm. which is nice. But I feel like we got like the authentic experience where it was like almost literally human like yeah. hair. I love (laughs) hearing you two in the store, just like touching the hair, talking about the texture. basically people must have been like what are these girls doing (laughs) what are these women doing (laughs) I know we were like trying to braid it I think and like it was not holding at all right like it doesn't hold a braid because it's like so like processed that it like Mm -hmm. literally just like like comes out but I remember there being a rumor 
when I was a kid growing up, and this is, I cannot believe the first time I've ever mentioned this on the podcast, but a rumor that the American Girl doll hair was horse hair. (laughs) And like, obviously that can't be true, but like, this was a rumor that like rippled through multiple like friend groups that I had as a kid (laughs) about the dolls was that it was horse hair. <laughs> I wonder if one wow. of the like real facts of the time paragraph somewhere said like this doll would have had hair, you know, like that maybe as right. a nugget of truth that someone just, but yeah, I don't think my Kirsten had horse hair. <laughs> right. I'm just oh trying my God. to imagine like how they attain, obtained the hair for like these dolls from horses and then like put it on a wig. I'm like, is it from the mane? Is it from the tail? <laughs> like what part of the horse is this hair from? And there's no way that they would be able to like color treat it the way that the the hair is on the dolls so it's definitely like not real but I I don't know where that rumor came from but it was so silly (laughs) that is and honestly that would not have deterred me like that would have been a positive like this comes from a horse great exactly (laughs) I I do want to like find out though like thinking about it makes me want to find out what it was made out of or how they created the wigs because as we know Felicity in addition to being one of the first dolls that didn't have a white body because she had like the lower cut open dress she also was I think the first doll to not have bangs so she had like a totally mm-hmm. new wig um, yeah that's she true. had her pin curls instead <laughs> that's, that's very true um Laura we could cut this but I have uh, a hot lead on a, an American girl hairstylist um to come on (laughs) oh my gosh incredible yeah um yeah we'll we'll have a lot of questions for her for (laughs) sure but yeah so in addition to Kirsten obviously you got Felicity a little bit later but did you have as much for your Felicity as you did for your Kirsten or because she came a little later you didn't acquire a little later so I didn't get as much and then if I had one table and chairs it was I, I didn't need two tables and chairs and that yeah. sort of stuff. So I didn't go all the way with all of her bigger collection pieces, which I wish I'd gotten the horse, but I didn't. <laughs> yeah. That's that's fair. What were your favorite outfits that you had for them? Uh, I love Kirsten's summer outfit um, with her red mm-hmm. boots and her little stripy short sleeve dress and her straw hat. Um, and my mom actually made me that dress because it wasn't one that they were selling at the time. Um, mm-hmm. So she like hand sewed me a oh, replication, wow. which is just fascinating. Like what a mom to do that. Yeah. So much work. Um, but so I had that dress to match my Kirsten and that was like my favorite of hers, which I am a little bit more like cotton not super bright pattern kind of girl so I think that's like stayed as my fashion with Mm -hmm. a hint of red shoe for a little extra (laughs) a little personality I love it but then it was fun (laughs) to get Felicity because she was I mean Kirsten's got cute stuff but she's not glamorous in a way and so then Felicity would have but gorgeous holiday outfit or her summer outfit is so beautiful so Uh, nice to have that as a foil oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> her summer her summer outfit is like the peak but I do think that Kirsten's summer outfit really like has stood the test of time in terms of being like 
so versatile. I would absolutely wear a version of that today. I think especially that like kind of like cotton linen fabric is mm -hmm. like so popular today that if they came out with a version of it, I would absolutely be interested <laughs> in purchasing it. <laughs> It's so cute. Did your mom make you just that one outfit or was she making you other outfits oh, from American Girl? Many. Yeah, she made Kirsten's schoolgirl dress too. And um, then she did one of the Samantha patterns too, which I wasn't a Samantha stan, but I still appreciated that my mom had made me the <laughs> Victorian dress, but she did it in a different color. So I like can't remember exactly which dress it was supposed to be. It was more, she bought the pattern and then mm. used it to do something different. Oh, oh that sounds very lovely. cool. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds so amazing. And where was she acquiring these patterns? Were these something uh, the catalog had? The catalog had some of them. So the um, Samantha one, she ordered from the catalog. Um, but I think the um, the summer Kirsten dress, she just found a similar enough dress pattern at the fabric store and then altered it as she went along. Oh, wow. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Ugh. I remember being obsessed with all of the little pattern stuff at the end of the catalog. There was the like dress patterns and then there was a weaving loom to weave like yep. Kirsten and like a little finger yarn thing for Molly and I never got any of those craft things but I thought they were just fascinating definitely I love those activities and how they related to the girls while still being like slightly modernized too like mm -hmm. I was just looking through the 89 catalog which we posted on our Instagram last week mm -hmm. and it's just so fun to see like the early day like offerings from Pleasant Company mm -hmm. um, and it's great that your mother like enjoyed this too it yeah. seems like she had a lot of fun participating in the world of American Girl with you mm -hmm. well and I do like my whole family likes history and I definitely remember as a kid touring I think the House of Seven Gabriels or something that was on a family road trip um, and someone a tour guide pulling out something and asking what it was and me being like oh I know because I have an American <laughs> girl doll but I do feel like you learned about little tools yeah. and parts of life in a way that it just would not have retained if I'd been taught them in school in a formal setting right Ugh, totally wow the house of seven gables brings back memories for sure that is not too far away from where my parents live so mm -hmm. I've visited before yeah. but it's fun because it, when you do have that connection to American Girl and it makes like learning about history really like natural and fun and you're learning mm -hmm. about it through a relatable lens then like you do retain a lot of it and remember mm -hmm. it in like real life experiences or like going to museums I feel like there are things that you sort of like remember because you're like oh yeah in Felicity's book I remember this so yeah. they made learning so low-key easy and fun like it didn't even feel like learning really like you were just right. like oh yeah I'm just engaging with a young girl's story right did you read all of the book series from the historic girls I read all of Kirsten's and Felicity's because those are mm -hmm. who I had and then I would like occasionally check out other ones from the library um yeah. but I don't think I made it all the way through Molly or Samantha and then Addie was added and so I think I read the meet Addie and that was it and mm -hmm. then at that point I checked out. I love that American Girl gives you the opportunity to find the points in history and time that interests you the most to further explore 
but I guess it's also a bit of a race against the clock before you just phase out of the brand. Yeah, I think the historical thing was really what drew me. And so I felt like the 1900 girls were too modern, even though Mm -hmm. they're like, you know, 90 years away at that time. But it still felt not as historic and interesting to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, I feel like there are two spectrums in which people engage with American Girl, or at least at the time. One is the spectrum of like, do you prefer more, um, you know, historic like truly like hundreds of years prior story or do you prefer something that perhaps like connects to like a grandparent or Mm -hmm, feels mm -hmm. like closer but still a part of history and then people sort of like work within that spectrum so maybe tend more towards like the Felicity, Kirsten, Addie um, or you know towards like later Kit and Molly were pretty close Mm -hmm. together in, in history and then the other spectrum that people deal in which we have talked about before on the podcast is like the opulence scale so (laughs) you you have like a totally scrambled version but it's like felicity samantha your opulent Mm -hmm. girls and then like molly um and kit are sort of like your more down-to-earth like girls more maybe relatable which can Mm -hmm. be attractive or not depending on like your age you maybe want like something a little bit more escapist so you tend towards felicity because like her dresses are so gorgeous and not anything that you would wear normally whereas like molly's birthday dress or holiday dress feels almost like attainable for mm-hmm. you know someone yeah i would wear her green velvet holiday dress for sure super cute yeah <laughs> i'm like i feel like i did have it that's yeah. have something so similar so sometimes i feel like you know we're like drawn to the ones that almost feel like the most uh unique or like foreign because it's like Mm -hmm. oh yeah like I want to play with something totally unlike what my experience is so Felicity definitely I feel like gives that Mm -hmm. vibe for sure I think Kirsten kind of goes in the middle between all of them like she's kind of both sides yeah and I knew some people who were like I just want as many dolls but I don't care about all the other stuff in a way Mm -hmm. that I think some people go to the like I want to get all of the world for this person or I want to like have as many different friends as they can which is a different dichotomy to explore right totally did your did your friends have American Girl growing up uh I only knew a couple people who did when they were my age like once Mm -hmm. I was babysitting I feel like it was more popular and there were more dolls around yeah Uh, but it was as an early adapter there weren't a whole lot (laughs) (laughs) yes I feel like you were an early adopter and I feel like it probably peaked around like the mid 90s is what Mm -hmm. I would say like it just like exploded into the consciousness because I mean otherwise we wouldn't have like as like rich of a community as we do that Mm -hmm. like engages with like this Instagram and um podcast but yeah it seems like um it really like peaked in the mid 90s ish but like those early adopters have like the most sought after like pieces because it was such like a limited collection at the time Mm -hmm. Lindsay you were kind of an early adopter too I feel like in some ways yeah and I have my cousins to thank for that for sure (laughs) who (laughs) we we should have them on I think they were early 80s babies as well. Mm-hmm. And 
I'm very curious how they first learned about American Girl. And it's very, I mean, it's commendable of the brand, right? For expanding mm-hmm. so widely, so quickly, and really just penetrating the market as they did. But yeah, it's interesting to- Yeah, I remember when I up. would save up my dollars to buy something myself, um, uh-huh. my mom would take me, make me take out the center paper from the catalog and then write out the number. Yes. And then like, I'd give them money to write out a check and we'd mail it to Pleasant Company, which right. is such a wild way to buy <laughs> anything, like completely through the mail. Yes. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. It's hard to even fathom that that like <laughs> happened and you would actually get the items that you <laughs> ordered. Right. Right. I know. I, it's so crazy. I think that's like what made American girl. So like special though, was like, you couldn't just like go to a store Mm -hmm. and get it. And I remember from my era, we did have like the tear out paper that you could fill out. But for the most part, I feel like my parents or like relatives would like call. Mm -hmm. And I remember asking after they would call being like, how long is it going to take to get here? And they were like, (laughs) a couple of weeks and I'd be like, oh, like, how am I going <laughs> to wait a couple of weeks? Like, I thought that that was the longest amount of time. And I think like sometimes you could wait like two to three weeks to get something from Pleasant Company, which like as a kid is quite a while to have to wait. But like, then you'd see like the box come in the mail and you'd be like, Oh my gosh, finally. <laughs> my parents, like for Father's Day, my dad opened a box my mom had wrapped and like under the wrapping paper was an American Girl box. Like they just have oh so God. many of those maroon boxes from forever ago that they still <laughs> kept in their like wrapping paper closet. It's oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I mean, they were such pretty, pretty boxes and so Ooh. recognizable too. <laughs> Right? Like you knew by the shape of the box, like Mm -hmm. what it was going to (laughs) be. That's Um, incredible. Amelia, have you engaged with American Girl at all? Like recently, have you kept tabs on any of the like newer stuff that has come out in like the past 10 years or at any point, you know, after you sort of finished your time of being interested? Yes and no. So my day job, I work for the Nickelodeon theme park. That's part of Mall of America, which is a very large shopping mall in Minnesota. Um, But we had an American Girl store in there for about 10 years. So it was there, I want to say like 2005 to 2015 or something like that. So I actually occasionally would have business meetings in their cafe. Oh, wow. Because if I was going to have a lunch meeting, like, why not go where you can borrow a doll? Um, yeah, so exactly. <laughs> lunch meetings in the evening. It was just a small cafe. It wasn't like a full restaurant that they had had at some of their other stores. Yeah. Um, but then when they closed down a bunch of their stores around the country that went away but that would be when I'd go on my mall walk I'd go in there and be like now who is this girl from the 70s what's going on so that helps me catch up just a little bit but yeah yes I know even like for us like and we you know obviously really deal in the nostalgia part of American Girl but like we have visited like the store in New York and I recently visited the store in LA and even though I'm kind of like involved in like the discourse I still see stuff all the time that I'm like what 
is this? I don't know who this is. I don't know what like the lingo is anymore because mm-hmm. it's like changed. Like girl of today is now called like truly me. And like, they've kind of rebranded a lot of stuff, but a lot of the core like imagery and stuff is still recognizable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even though like, star. yeah, exactly. And, and even like though, I feel like we can't like remember or we can't um, recognize every single like new thing that they have. Um, it still like brings up a lot of feelings when you go into an American girl store. Cause you're like, Oh yeah, right. I loved this. <laughs> right. Like the dolls have definitely changed and it, it is a little hard to keep up with it. Like there was mm-hmm. such like a big gap from when I phased out of American girl and then started getting back into uh, the conversation surrounding AG a few years ago, like there's a, many, many years in between where a lot has happened, but it kind of felt like when we visited the store, Laura, that we were seeing like our doll's cousins, like they look, they look similar enough. Like we know they're related. The same like sentiment is there and excitement, but yeah, that it's just good vibes. It's cool that you got to have your business meetings in the cafe. I love <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> so cool Ugh. right I know I it's a shame that you know a lot of like the locations are closing and it seems mm-hmm. like they're just focusing on like a few flagship stores mm-hmm. here and there but um yeah I feel like even just the idea of having a store to go to for American Girl is kind of like not I feel like what the three of us were used to because there was only right a couple of stores when we were we're growing up period. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's changed a lot, but also stayed the same in some ways too. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Amelia, we love to ask this of all of our guests who join us on AGW. What lasting impression did American Girl leave on you? Such a big answer for this question. I feel like I'm who I am because of American Girl. I do still have a love of reading and a love of history. Uh, And because it was one of my first like really big professional jobs, I think it shaped how I approach work as a person in a way that's just amazing and such an honor to have gotten to tell part of Kirsten's story, Uh, but I carry it with me all the time. I mean, it seemed like the job that you did for American Girl was like pretty serious, right? Like Mm -hmm. um, many hours on set, like professionalism had to probably at the highest level, especially, you know, coming in at such a young age that would definitely instill some work ethic and Mm -hmm. drive there. And also like excitement about future work, like doing something you're passionate about, like being able to act and for a brand that you were so into growing up. That's really, that's really awesome. I also just have a really good two truths and a lie thing to say whenever I'm asked to do that game (laughs) at parties. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, I feel like it's such a, such a unique and memorable experience just to bring us full circle from the beginning of our, our interview. It's like how there are so few people who can say that they have, you know, worked for the American Girl premiere game. In fact, there's only four <laughs> other girls that could say that. Um, and I I love that it has, you know, sort of served as like a, a through line for your through present day to your, your current career. I feel like American Girl stays with all of us in different ways, for sure. Um, just has that impact. Right? Definitely. 
Uh, well, let's switch gears a little bit and get into some games. Amelia, <laughs> if you have a dinner party and were to invite two American Girl characters, so either the characters or their friends, family, anyone who you would like to invite, who would it be? I would invite Bennett and Coconut. Ooh. Um, Bennett is Molly's dog and I had only Kirsten and Felicity stuff but I was given Kirsten's cats and they were like rabbit fur and really creepy and I <laughs> am not a cat girl um, so then I was given Bennett the Jack Russell from Molly's stories um, yes. and I'm a dog girl all around um, and then a lot of my really closest friends are trans so I just love that coconut has become this trans icon introduced yes. as a he and then like switched pronouns to a she I think it's just a magical thing to have that as a children's character so I think having two dogs to hang out with for an evening that are like such unique parts of my life would be really fun uh, oh my gosh it. this is the best answer we've ever gotten to this question <laughs> <laughs> be awkward to be there with like someone's uncle I don't know I'd rather hang out with his <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes, totally. Bennett is so cute. I love Jack Russell Terriers, so mm-hmm. I'm like biased. He's so cute. Yeah. But I feel like Lindsay, I feel like we've talked about these cats before on the podcast. There's just they did not get it right with those cats. Mm-hmm. Right? It's so strange how like some of the pets look more realistic than others and those mm-hmm. cats especially like do not look lifelike and despite having rabbit fur, yeah. like they looked very They're creepy. Uh, creepy and like the one of their tongues is out like mm-hmm. it, I don't know. Not not Pass. a huge fan of Kirsten's cats, unfortunately. But yeah, I love that her crockery was like real pottery and that her yeah. like chalkboard was slate you could write on. I like wanted the authenticity for everything, but they like tried a little bit too hard. On <laughs> yes. Coconut, on the other hand, I feel like they got so right. Just like so cute. So cute. Like he she and they are so adorable with the little (laughs) magnetic mouth and Mm -hmm. uh yeah that like 10 out of 10 um (laughs) highly recommend I want I want someone to like acquire all the American girl dogs that there are and like yes just like collect them because I feel like they're so cute um (laughs) but shifting gears into the celebrity game um you gave us a couple of celebrities that you love and admire, and we are going to throw one at you, and you're going to say which doll you think they would have. So I'm going to go with uh, Dolly Parton. Which doll do you think she would have? I feel like she would have every bitty baby. Like she would have all the different like (laughs) races and maybe the genders if they have them in that iteration. And she would just like love all of the little baby children. To me, that's who Dolly is. Oh my God. I love that answer. Such a great answer. Oh my God. I know. (laughs) Dolly, I feel like is, I don't know, are either of you familiar with the Code of Many Colors book? Yes. It's no. so, oh my God, it's so sweet. So it's like based on the song mm-hmm. Code of Midi Colors, uh, which is like about her mom, like making her coat out of like different fabrics when she was growing up because like they couldn't afford like a new coat from the store. And it's like people teased her for it. It's a true story. People mm-hmm. teased her for it. And like she learned to like love and appreciate it because her mom made it. 
literally tearing up just thinking about it. Um, but I feel like Do- she wrote a children's book about it. And mm-hmm. I feel like Dolly, for any age that you're at, is such like a nurturing presence. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I love, I love like that she wrote a children's book. And I feel like that positions her so well to be the mother of all bitty babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest heart and I'm just like amazed like anytime I learn anything about Dolly I'm just blown away by her kindness and empathy and she also has one of my favorite 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 celebrity memoirs that I think she wrote probably in the 80s or so and it is hilarious I could not recommend it anymore She does um, like sparkles, so I do feel like like right? the modern ice skating outfit or something else would make more sense for her than the like pastels of the bitty babies. But I think she would love everyone, whoever we gave her. She'd be right? happy with. <laughs> Truly, Definitely. she would. She would find a way to relate with them, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Well, Amelia, thank you so much for coming on today. It was such a joy to hear all about your experience working with American Girl and also your journey with the brand. Thank you so much. It's been so fun to talk to you. I love listening to your show and I'm so happy to get to be part of it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That means so much. And where could everybody find you after this? Oh, I'm not very many places, but I'm on Instagram. If you do want to find me, I'm Amelia Adventures. Um, and I'm sure I'll be tagged on your gram if you want to, uh, <laughs> but I'm a pretty quiet Minnesota girl. So <laughs> amazing. And you can also find her in the AG premiere game. If you are one of the lucky people to still possess the CD-ROM. Um, but thank you, Amelia, so much for joining. And thank you everybody for listening. And now stay tuned for some of our listener experiences with the American Girls Premier Game. Hi, my name is Mike from St. Louis. My cousin forwarded me your Instagram post about the American Girl doll video game. And it was a blast from the past. Um, Growing up, I always wanted to make movies, be a filmmaker. And back in the mid-90s, it was much more difficult to do that than it is Today, you know, my female cousins and I would use the family video camera to film things, but it wasn't possible to edit or to add music or anything like that easily. And then they got the American Girl game on their old Windows computer. Well, it was new at the time. We could build sets. We could animate characters. We could record voices. We could add music. It was like a whole new world. And I have distinct memories of making a show with the Josephina characters. It was about a man whose mother made him sew clothing all day long, I guess. A sewing machine was one of the props we could use and animate. We also made it into a musical for some reason. We used the background music provided, and then we used the robotic computer voice to add and record lyrics. <laughs> I will never forget this song where he said, I do not want to. I do not want to sew today at all. Not at all, all, at all. And we went waxing poetically about not wanting to sew. And he, he eventually went off to work on a farm somewhere with a man named Senior Butthead. Yes, we called him that. Um, and then he decided that he really wanted to be back with his mother and with the ladies of the village, sewing clothing all day. It was very progressive for the time. But anyway, we spent hours and hours playing that game, making our own plays, a.k.a. movies. And it really was one of the early things that led to my career. I'm now a filmmaker and an Emmy-winning video producer, and I've had a movie in the Cannes Film Festival in France, and I continue to do video work for clients and personal projects. And the American Girl game, believe it or not, was one of my earliest filmmaking endeavors that I am incredibly grateful for and for my female cousins who introduced it to me. Thanks.
Hi, my name is Rebecca. I saw you post about um, the dazzling American Girls CD-ROM game. Oh, I have many a story to tell about this game. <laughs> um, I was reading the comments. I didn't even know that you could use your own voice on it. We did not have that shit. We used the robotic voices, and my older brother and I would make really fucked up things on this game. So one of the things that I think at one point I made a game about poison cookies, and he made one where Josefina's grandmother was a robot. Then he put a robot voice on it, and I can, like, hear the inflection of, like, oh, oh, I am so scary in that creepy voice. But there's one that I remember, like, word for word, and it was Molly at camp. Um, and they sing the Gowanogen theme song, but, of course, it sounds like, God bless Gowanogen, camp that I love. Raise the flag high, never say die. Well, the red, white, and blue flies above. <laughs> and then Molly goes, why can't we say D-I-E? And he says, because something bad will happen. And then one girl starts stomping. And she goes, die, 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 die. <laughs> and the counselor is like, what? <laughs> and then she, like, falls into the earth and screams, ah. And the counselor says, well, there goes another one. Uh, <laughs> end scene. <laughs> I actually remember these words for word because we spent hours on this thing and we would always just make really stupid skits. To this day, we still quote them and talk about them all the time. I'm sure we have them like filmed somewhere. Uh, and actually now I'm a professional actor and maybe this game is why. So there you go. Uh, thank you for doing an episode on this. God bless. Hi, my name is Haley Williams. I... I'm calling you because one of my childhood best friends from the age of when we were seven sent this to me, and she and I used to sit and play American Girl Premiere for hours when we were kids. Um, we used to play the general store scene in particular, and we would sell all kinds of crazy products. We especially loved that you could, like, make them do like little body movements like bows and curtsies and and make them say things like, hello, welcome to my general store. I would like to sell you farts in a jar. Um, I don't know if she called you too, but I think that it'd be really fun if she and I could talk to you together. Her name is Heidi Shermet now. Um, anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. Hi, my name's Heidi. I believe my friend Haley already called and told you a little bit about this, but um, I'm the other half of our American Girl premiere duo. We did so much messed up stuff with this game. One of the most prominent and weird things that I remember doing is with the characters Annabelle and Ben. Somehow they were related to Felicity, but we'd have them go around in a wagon or something selling farts and jars. Because I think when you typed in certain sequences of letters, it made some interesting sounds with the text-to-speech. So that was absolutely hilarious to 12-year-olds. Um, we'd also have uh, one character perform the fainting motion and lay on the ground and then have another person do the sitting motion on top of them. I'm not sure American Girl expected this game to be used in that sort of way, but a childish sense of humor goes a long way. Uh, but I have really fond memories 
um, of playing this game with my best friend Haley, even though um, I think our imaginations got away with us, <laughs> got away from us a little bit sometimes. Um, I'll never forget it. All the world's a stage. Hey, this is Ashley Johnson. Um, I actually won a copy of the game through a contest that American Girl did where you created a play script, and if you won, you would get the computer game. And I did, and it was a play about Samantha and Agnes and Agatha, because I just thought those names were, like, the most hilarious names on the planet. And so I had to use them. And I don't even remember what the play was about. And, like, when my mom found out I won, she was kind of shocked because she was like, it really wasn't that good. Uh, so, yeah, lots of support from my mom there. But uh, my brother and I ended up playing that game so much, making all the stupid voices and stuff. Oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. But, yeah, I won a copy of the game from American Girl, which is, I think, super cool. So, Hi, my name is Emily. Um, I have a an American Girl premiere story. I have lots of them, but there's one that still stays to this day with me and my sister. We were trying to make a super dramatic ghost story. We spent forever writing a script and setting up all of the scenes, and it was going to be really cool and really scary. But we did not have a microphone, so we had to use the terrible computer voice and so at the climax of the story as the girl comes in to say that she's been possessed the voice just says oh no a ghost possessed my back and just completely ruins the dramatic moment and we still to this day if our back is sore we say a ghost possessed my back I say it to my kids all the time it was one of our favorite moments because you couldn't couldn't ever make a serious thing with that game as soon as it threw the robot voice in there. But it's still one of my favorite games ever. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Madeline Stevenson, um, and I wanted to share my experience with the American Girl Premier computer game. Um, I definitely had it uh, in the mid-'90s and used it on my family's um, – very old Mac, and I think I, my brother and I used it for several years, but the thing that stands out to me most is um, creating plays and then typing in the lines and having it automatically, like the computer voice automatically say um, the lines, and my brother and I would always write, like, inappropriate things, like not cuss words, but things that were deemed inappropriate by our, like, nine- and seven-year-old brains. Um probably lots of like nine ten year old sort of kid humor um but yeah that's what we thought was like the funniest part of it so yeah we were super into it we played it probably all the time all weekend every weekend um and yeah that's the thing that stands out to me most thanks for featuring this it like really brought back a lot of good memories hi i'm samantha i played the american girl premiere game when i was probably about i'd say nine or ten and it was clunky and kind of wishy-washy and hardly ever worked at all. But I really loved it. American Girl was definitely a part of me growing up. And I kept Josephina for years and years until I had to sell her to make rent when I was pregnant with the daughter I kept her for. 
but the game was definitely a staple. I used to love to make them do wild and crazy things on the game and stories. I loved going into the room where you could design their clothes, like the, I guess, the sewing room, like Jesse's sewing room that Samantha had. I used to love that, make them have crazy outfits or just say funny things. The All the world's a stage voice that the machine recorded still stays with me to this day. And it's definitely been a part of me. I would love to go back and try playing it again now as an adult and see what it would do and see how it plays out now. I remember once you were done making a play, it would be like 100 times faster than what you had originally planned it to be, like in super speed motion. So that was fun. I used to love the sounds that they had recorded, like the rain, dog barking, the music. It was just beautiful. So it was a fun game, and I miss it. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.